Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everyone. It is a beautiful, sunny day here in Florida, and we are starting part two of Craig Rochelle's book, Weird, because normal isn't working. And I tell you, the feedback has really been positive about this. It's, it's humorous when you're doing a book that's a little edgy, a little outside of the norm, no pun intended, you you can step on some people's toes. And and it's funny because it happens whether they are followers of Jesus Christ or, or not. It, it seems like it, in this case I've been hit on both sides of people having something to say, and it's like, man, I'm just the messenger. Craig wrote the book, but I do love it. I believe that when a conversation has been started and it's growing, then people will communicate, and it makes people think. Today, Chapter 4, Rich Relatives. Boy, I dreamed of those when I was growing up as a kid. Um, I, I, I heard about them. I heard that that lots of people had rich relatives, and every time a stranger would come to the door, you know, especially in the 60s and 70s, they'd have those dark suits, and they'd have a hat on, and they'd either have, you know, encyclopedias, or they'd have a vacuum cleaner, or, or yeah, even a Bible. I kept thinking at that age, man, this must be the, the attorney coming like I saw in the movies, and, and he's going to tell us that we have rich relatives and we're going to be rich. And it just never happened. But Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, We are rich only through what we give and poor only through what we refuse. Over the last few days, I have been... I have been, um, I don't even know the word to use, lamb-blasted, I guess, by people because of an article I wrote. And it's amazing how low people will go when they can hide their true identity, how vulgar and vile they can get. And I, and I thought about this because as we go through this book, there's more here than meets the eye. See, I believe this goes deep into a spiritual realm. If you're a new age, you may you may think about the, the law of attraction. If you're Christian, you're going to be thinking about how the spirit moves. And, and as I read through this, I snickered because I thought, man, this is crazy. People get so defensive. But I went back to, to what Craig was writing. And he opens this up with the first sentence. When you are growing up, who was the richest person you knew? And I got to thinking back, who was the richest person that I knew or or heard about or 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 something along that line? Who, what, when, where? And I thought Howard Hughes probably was the first really rich person that I remember hearing about. There'd be small articles on him or something that he'd done and and I thought, man, and then I remember hearing about Ronald Reagan being that really rich movie star. But then I I remember I'd be in Dad's car. Actually, it was Mom's station wagon from Tupperware, but I'd be in it. And we'd go up the street, and we'd hit Sterling and go down, and there's this development called Manor Oaks. And, and she'd say, that's where the rich people live. I remember the Mackeys lived there who owned the the high boy restaurants, you know. And then I went to school and I, I met the Wings who owned Wing Oil. 
I had all these rich kids that I hung out with. And I thought, man, someday I'm going to be like them. Craig goes on and he says, how about today? Who embodies for you now what it means to be rich? And I got to thinking about that. Now, I'm, I'm, I've been amazingly blessed in my life. I live in a, an area that is full of phenomenally rich people. Wayne Rogers from MASH, Britney Spears, the, the young, enthusiastic rock star, Miley Cyrus, Governor Huckabee. Kevin Green of the formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean the list goes on and on. The the family that owns Pennzoil, the Pinston family, has a big huge home here. Jimmy Strickland, who is a big time network marketer and started the Phoenix Cookie Company. I mean the list goes on and on and on. So I thought, man, I, I know all kinds of rich people. I don't know if one individual person then I got to thinking, well, the altar, altar rich, I guess it would be like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and, and guys like that. It's all about the money. And then I got to, to reading his doggone chapter, and it caused me to think about something. It caused me to realize that we're rich. You know, I, I look at last year, we made six figures and then went bankrupt this year. It's kind of funny. It's ironic the way things work but I sat here and I looked at this and I thought man rich like Craig is talking about here is really subjective it's like that shifting bullseye that we're always looking to hit we have a a beautiful home in the second most traveled to destination in Florida we've lived here over a decade We have three cars, six kids, three grandkids. I'm married to a famous author. When I look at all this, I think, man, I'm rich. But yet, like Craig says, because of my society that I live in, I'm constantly looking at other people and comparing myself to the greatness of others. And sometimes I think we we lose focus. We're looking for that rich relative that's going to leave us some money. Craig writes, being rich is always relative to a shifting standard. When I was young, I believed that if you worked hard, you could make enough money to be considered at least regular rich. If you worked hard and was was lucky, then you could become really rich. And if you worked hard, fell into some solid luck, and were beautiful and good-looking and married a gazillionaire... You might even be mega macho rich. He goes on, he says, no matter where you rank on the scale, chances are that if you're like most people, you'd rather be at the next level higher than normal. See, because normal, we're never satisfied. I got to thinking about that. One of the the dark secrets, I guess you could say, the the things that really frustrates me with network marketing is a lot of times you go to a network marketing meeting or you go to a, to a three-way call or an opportunity webinar, and, and the only difference between it and a late-night TV preacher teaching the prosperity message is that one's just asking you for a handout and the other one's telling you never to quit and never to give up. 
Neither one of them are taking care of your need, but both of them are hitting the same emotional button. We want to be normally richer than what we are. We want more. The University of Warwick in the UK recently completed a study that they called Money and Happiness, Rank of Income, Not Income, Affects Life Satisfaction. Let me say that again. The the name of the survey was Money and Happiness, Rank of Income, Not Income, Affects Life Satisfaction. It says, as the study title suggests, their research concluded that most people, to feel happy about how much money they have, it has to be more than their friends and colleagues have. This turned out to be true no matter how much money someone makes. As long as they know someone who owns more, they aren't satisfied that they're really well off. What they have isn't enough no matter how much it is. I love watching old nighttime soap operas like Dynasty and Dallas and Falcon's Crest. And what they say here is true. And I thought, well, man, if this is true on TV, and and Craig's writing about this, is it true here? So since I go to breakfast quite a bit, I'd sit around chatting with people, and it's amazing to me how many of the construction guys or the fishermen guys are always talking about how much somebody else has. They don't talk about the blessings they've been given. I got to analyzing that. I thought, man, am I that way? And you know what? I, I think I am to a certain degree. I think I've compared myself to others, so my house isn't good enough, my cars aren't good enough, my wife isn't good enough, my kids don't behave enough. Now, some of that I woke up a long time ago, and others I'm I'm just now waking up. See, the funny thing about it is, people all the time want to talk about how the Bible's not relative. It's not relevant to today. It's just a beautiful historical book, or if you're a Christian, then it's your book of comfort, because it's alive and living, and it's always changing, and you find something. I mean, I've heard it all. Now, for me... The Bible's become the cornerstone for my life. But King Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes. And listen to what he wrote several thousand years ago. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. And now we look at this survey that was just done. We see why people call him the wisest man who ever lived. See, Craig writes, whatever we have isn't enough. There's always more to earn, spend, buy, shop for, save for, luxurate in, go to, get in debt for, etc., etc. The only way to know you're rich if you can, is if you can't find anyone who can count higher than you. But then you want to know what happens? You want to get more so that nobody else can catch up with you, or Forbes will put it in their Fortune Four or their Forbes 400. Or if you're like the Walton family, your dad dies, splits the money. Now, now you're not the richest person; you're the richest family. But you don't want anybody else to. It, it's sad when I look at all this. 
Craig says, roughly 98% of Americans consider themselves rich, or consider themselves not rich. And roughly 98% of the people in developing countries would consider America's poor to be rich. That's amazing. 98% of us want to talk about how we don't have any money, we're not rich, we're just normal everyday folks, no no big people, just little people. Yet 98% of the world make less money than our poor people do. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some there's some people out there that don't have a pot to piss in. They're not homeless because they want to be homeless. They're homeless because they have no choice. And I'm not I'm not discussing. I'm talking about those that have enough gumption and enough phone to be on a cell phone or be on a landline. They're listening to the radio show. See, because our culture and our individual standards of wealth are relative, the definition of rich is always dangling in front of us. And a few years ago, I had to realize that the word rich, the word abundance, the word wealth, even though most people, myself included, like to equate that to money, that it's more than just money, a lot more. I'm rich. I've been married 24 years. However, because I can find other people like my parents who have been married longer, they're richer than I am. Or the article that I put up yesterday that brought a tear to my eye and I thought that's how I want to go out. Is that a 72-year-old couple died side by side within hours of each other holding hands. Think about that one. They had been married 72 years. Holding hands. Spending their last moments on this earth together, they entered eternity almost simultaneously. Talk about rich. But man, what a what a I mean that's like heaven on earth sort of thing. Craig writes, the Gallup organization recently polled North American asking them how much annual income they'd need to consider themselves rich. People making thirty thousand dollars a year or less answered on average seventy four thousand dollars a year. People making around fifty thousand a year said they need about 100000 Virtually no one responded in a way that indicated their present or annual income was the benchmark for being rich. It's amazing to me. Six figures sounds like a lot of money to folks. And if you're young and you're just getting married or you're married and maybe you've only got one baby, six figures sounds like a rocking amount of money. The more kids you have, the more mouths to feed, the more the insurance costs, the more all the additional play things that everybody has to have is, it starts to diminish very quickly. Gone. That hundred grand isn't nothing. And some of you are saying, yeah, but Troy, you're talking about a hundred grand net, a hundred grand gross. What do you got you and Craig talking about? It doesn't matter. 
And do you know that the more income you make on average, the average American, the more income they make, the harder they work, the more they've got to put in the hours because they feel like they need to in order to make more money because they can't lose it. And as Craig writes here, even if you've got the greatest spiritual growth and you're doing all that you're doing for God, I bet you don't trust him. Man, this is my biggest weakness. The bills pile up, the cash isn't there, a client calls and cancels, and what do I do? I hit the pavement running trying to fix the situation instead of saying, Lord, can you give me some wisdom and some guidance? I start looking for the moving target. It's like, man. See, another study, this is interesting. Another study asked top income earners in the United States how much they need to have in assets to feel rich. The most common response was $5 million in assets. If you ask someone with only $2 million, are you rich? They'd say, are you kidding? No, I'm not rich. See, rich is a moving target, which explains why normal Americans, even though we're far better off than most people in the world don't feel rich. Therefore, now get this, this is this listen to this. Therefore, we're never satisfied, always wanting more, never appreciating all that we've been given, and once again being normal is killing us. What about being weird? Dave Ramsey, one of my good friends from Catalyst that I've learned to listen to because I didn't adopt his principles says you need to live differently today so that you can live different than everybody else tomorrow. Even the best networkers are sometimes only two weeks from being dead busted broke. They think you got to fake it till you make it. you got to live the lifestyle, the big cars, the fancy dreams. Even most network marketing companies these days, they don't give away a station wagon anymore. I mean, that would be too common. Who the heck? Well, first of all, I don't even think you can find a station wagon. But instead of giving away a car that is practical, you want to know why Tupperware gave away daggum station wagons? So the girls could put all the bags in the back and take them around to all the parties they had. Hello? That makes total sense. But now we're more interested in giving away Beamers and Mercedes, Cadillacs. It'll make you feel good. You look sexy in that car. People will ask you, well, how did you get that car? It's funny because I've met a lot of some of the most ultra-successful network marketers, making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And you know how many of them are divorced? About 50%. Was it worth it? Are we living what we said we were going to live? See, that's the kicker. I'm not talking today to make you feel bad. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting us to realize where we're at. I'm just like you guys. I mean, I, we had soccer practice last night. The girls had youth. Tessa had Jesse over. I mean, it's constantly go, go, go. Paige is overwhelmed with everything she's got. Why? Why are we this way? We're all in the same boat in one facet or another. It's funny. Listen to what Craig writes here. More good news that if you if you have work that you actually like and you're enjoying the blessings of this life, both of those things are gifts directly from God. 
See, we're told when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift from God. That goes back to Ecclesiastes 5.19. See, I, I believe that we can all be rich based on our purpose in life. Do you know I know some people that are homeless because they want to be and they've got money in the bank? But yet we equate homeless as being poor. I know people that don't own a solid home, just like most people don't have a landline. They own a $250,000 motorhome, and they travel the world enjoying their life. And they even get part-time jobs sometimes to help pay for some of the bills. Nomads. But they're rich. They have each other. They have some money. They have their retirement. The one thing that I think is profound in Craig's chapter here, he says, our relationship with money is tied to our life circumstances. How we feel about relative wealth is contextual at any given time. See, the one thing God has blessed me with, I've had money and I've lost money. I've made money in network marketing. I've made money outside of network marketing. I've had a net worth on paper of well over a million dollars. And then I've been in the negative. I don't know what God's got totally for me out there in this world, but I know one thing. I can relate to a lot of different people because of it. See, we may not feel rich because of the circumstances we're in. We may not absolutely be rich because of our financial woes. But I can tell you one thing. If we will just continue to move forward, continue to focus, continue to, to look at money in light that it's supposed to be in, then we won't have we won't have near the problem that we sometimes have. Don't worry about it. See, that's the difference. See, fifty percent of the world's population lives on less than two dollars a day. Any one of nearly three billion people could have easily said everything that we have read. They could say we're not rich. We don't have anything. Now, everything is is contextual. I was at Rustelli Directs or Rustelli Food Group seafood plant a few weeks ago. Phenomenal time. Had a great time. And one of the things that, that I learned when I was there is the fact they have plants in Vietnam. The Vietnam plants, they house the people that come in from the fields and the villages to work for them. They clothe them, they give them a place to stay, and they don't pay them as much as we do. And some people in America would say, oh, that's evil, that's that's so bad, that's awful. That's not the truth. It's relative. They're rich in their country's eyes. See, I think that the thing that we have to look at is we can't consume everything that we have. What we have to do is look at what true prosperity is all about. See, prosperity is everything in life, not something individual. True prosperity 
is about what we do, what we want, how we want things. What we want to do with it, where we want to go with it, et cetera, et cetera. And when we don't look at every aspect of our life in the truest sense of prosperity, then we lose out on what God truly has for us. We lose out on what maybe we could do to change our family's welfare, their best interest. Craig writes, just because I'm pointing out how rich we are and how we're supposed to live accordingly, I hope that you don't think I'm teaching what is known as the prosperity gospel. Because he's not. See, what he's trying to teach, what he's teaching on, is a set of beliefs that based, is based on the idea that if we work hard, we focus well, we can be prosperous. Every aspect of our life, not just our finances. So let me, let me close out and let me ask you this. Much has been given to us Because God made us rich. He expects far more from us than he does maybe some people that that don't believe the way we do. Or maybe you're listening and you're wondering about what I'm talking about. But think about this. How should you live if you're here in America as a rich person? That's the question. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here right here tomorrow morning for RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now.